Finding Mommy's Soft Voice, the podcast for moms who are professionals looking to shift from surviving to thriving. Heal yourself, heal your family. Welcome. I am your host, Mama Honey, the Serenity Maven, and I am your intuitive healer and fearless freedom coach at the targetedwellbeingcenter.com. Welcome to today's episode. You're invited to join me now. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yes. I talked to you just a couple weeks ago, and I know you have some stuff coming up in the fall, but like, what are you doing now? Like what, what are, what's going on? That's exciting. Um, let's see. What's really big in my personal life right now is homeschooling. Okay. And, um, that has really been blossoming and become really awesome. Um, we've been like really in a good groove with that, which is always exciting. It was something like homeschooling where it can be a little bit of an undertaking. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited with my work about working um, with business owners, expand their missions mm-hmm. and empowering them through the craziness that happens. Like they're like, you know, high achieving business owners, people who like have big companies have so much pressure on them. They've got their families, they've got their employees, their team members, their clients, their partners, their contractors, and they're perfectionists. And so they take all the responsibility and then they feel like sometimes they just want to die. You know, so it's like, I, I love coming in and just like helping them to see the truth and to see what they can trust and what they can let go of, how they can set more boundaries. And, um, that just really excites me. I love, (laughs) I love it because these are people who are making a huge impact in the world and, um, you know, it just, I get to support them. And yeah, as a visionary, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed and to see all the pieces of a business and all the employees and all of everything. And, you know, there's, there's two words and I use this at work is there's accountable and responsible. Mm -hmm. And as leaders, we're accountable. And sometimes we get that confused with being responsible mm-hmm. and that delegating and even that worry. Sometimes that delegation of that worry has to be handed over. Mm-hmm. So um, I can see where even in my own experience in corporate America and having to go through this journey, even just last week, looking at how knowing my truth, understanding my truth, helps ground me and come back when I get emotionally triggered in the office. Right. Mm -hmm. And you said like, you feel like you want to die. And Mm -hmm. I actually had a near death experience Mm -hmm. going through miracle 90 working for corporate America. And no, I wasn't the owner, but I, I took, responsibility instead of accountability. Mm-hmm. And I was working on a project that had hundreds of millions of dollars of return and on, on investment. Yeah. And I've always been told, treat the company money like it's yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I literally took that pressure of that huge, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and like I lost my truth, right? Like I literally became so focused on what needed to get done and how does it logically get done and, you know, all the responsibilities of it. So I love that you're, you're in this space. I had no idea you were working in this space. I think this, (laughs) this is cool to hear this and I can see how you can help shape and shift um, 
really the future of businesses mm-hmm. in I'm like, it's so funny because like the word planet keeps coming out of my mouth because it's so big, but literally like we need that change personally, right? So we have like light workers working on it personally. We have that going into healthcare, into nutrition, Mm -hmm. like all that stuff. And then the business side, like bringing in truth into business. So that's cool. You know what inspired me on this, honey, was, um, and I've been working for a couple of years now, um, focusing on this, but what really lit the fire under my butt with it was when I heard, I love Elon Musk. I love like what he's doing. I love his vision. I love his purpose. And he's just amazing what he creates, you know? And then I heard a story about him and how his family's like fallen apart and how his, um, last I knew, I haven't looked, it's been a while since I looked into it. Last I knew his kids, he wasn't living with his kids anymore. And it's like, all for what, you know, like your, your, your children, you know, we're, we're out here changing the world, but leaving our children behind. It's like, how is that helping anything? Cause our children are the future. That like so, takes my breath away when you're saying that. Um, so that's that's you know my real passion in this is is helping people to change the world, but then also be there for their families as well, and not to lose themselves in that mission. Oh my gosh, that's so important for the listeners here, especially mm-hmm. um, finding mommy's soft voice was created out of that need of needing to actually I was in that space I was in that space when I called you Sarah (laughs) when I called you and we spoke and I remember being in that space of desperation and waking up and realizing oh my gosh I have been so focused on my career so focused on providing I don't even know who I am anymore my family and I we are in turmoil and like I remember that conversation talking with you and you were like so calm and I kept talking over you and I was talking 500 million miles a minute and not that I can't go there. I can go there if I choose to. Right. But that space that I was in when we met, like I'm so different from that space and I can relate to that need. I think our listeners can relate to that need of that confession, that secret confession that, maybe we're showing up in the office as this superhero, as this martyr, as this person that can do it all. And then maybe there's like even this negative feeling of shame and guilt of, I really don't have my stuff together because my family is falling apart. The relationships aren't there. Um, wow. So do you have any other, I'm I'm a personal little testimony there. Not that I'm a business owner. Well, I am a business owner. What am I saying? I am a business owner. Um, but you know, in, I'm like, I literally just went into my head, like, did I say I'm not a business owner? (laughs) Like there's something to work around. Isn't that what kind of confessions are they coming to you with? Waking up in panic every single day. Like they, they, everything looks great on paper. Everything looks great, you know, on the screen, in the pictures. The highlights. Awesome, right? Yet they wake up in a panic every day. Yeah. And they get two hours of sleep. Two, four hours of sleep. Um, Panic attacks, migraines, severe, debilitating migraines, chronic pain back pain so bad that they can't get up and they have to take time from work. Um, you know, they don't ever see their family. Sometimes it's like, like working. It's like, you know, a lot of people are so proud. It's like, yeah, I work 12 hours a day and like, I'm proud. I put in my hard day's work. It's like, where's your family? (laughs) They see the paycheck, but like, you know, um, And a lot of times what I see is, this is the confession is, I'm using this to run away from something. I'm using this to avoid 
our families are this pure space of love. And I can relate to this. Um, when I first had my kids, I had never experienced such pure love is what came from them. And I was always trying to avoid it. I was always like on my phone, watching TV. It's like the minute they fell down for a nap, I'm like, yes, ah, go do something. And it's like part of that is just part of being a new mom and like just being overwhelmed and wanting to have some space. But I never savored any of it because I was always trying to get away from it because that love, that pure love wasn't comfortable for me. And I think a lot of people never get over that. And, you know, running a business, working 12 hours a day is a great way to avoid the love that's available to you or to avoid the problems that are trying to present themselves to you. Yeah. Which sometimes too, like even those problems is really the love trying to speak through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that yeah. you said that, that love, um, that really has been a theme a common theme is love, not only in what I share, what I've learned from you, but it seems to be just, I don't know, when you look at, there's, there's two types of media, right? There's the type that gets thrown at you, and then there's that stuff that we're out there seeking right now. Mm -hmm. And the common denominator in those messages seems to be love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is that? message that you're able to share that helps people in this situation? It's not necessarily a message, but this is like the takeaway okay. is awareness, awareness and clarity. And like, let's see what happens when we look at what is going on behind the scenes. Like what's, what's behind all the stress. And then we like open this little door and then what's behind that. And then we open this little door and then it's like, oh my gosh, this is what it is. You know? So it's like, you know, stop trying to avoid, stop trying to run. Like what, what is the meaning of all this work that you're doing? And can you actually um, do it like produce the same results, make the same impact with less work? Most people aren't willing to do that, you know, and it's because they're in that space of avoiding or running. Um, and so my kind of message or takeaway for people is to just like stop, take a deep breath and like just look around and be present. And the other um, aspect of it too is self-care. Um, I was talking with a client recently who was so stressed out and so much going on legal stuff and all kinds of things. And I was like, you know, when's the last time you've done your energetic adjustment, which is like a meditation. And it's like, well, I don't really have time for that right now. I've got all this stuff going on. And it's like, well, you know, when you do the, that regularly, everything works better, right? Like you don't have this. <laughs> so we had to look at, um, we had to look at like, what am I willing to commit to? What am I willing to devote my time to? Most people are willing to devote their time and energy and commitment to stressful emails and putting out fires. But when it comes to self-care, there's not enough time. Yeah. So then it snowballs. Like, which way do you want that snowball going? where do you want the momentum going? So long answer to a short question is self-care and presence. Really, you could sum up the other part as presence. Yeah. For, for people that are like present, being present, like what does that mean? Like, how is that something I need to do to do that? Like, I know what that is, right? But I'm mm -hmm. having this listener that right now it's like, okay, I can totally re relate to the pain point here. But what does that mean to, to be present? Well, it's, um, I think everybody's going to have a little bit of a different meaning. But what the meaning that I have found is just stopping and paying attention. Paying attention to, you know, the beauty that is right in front of you. Paying attention to the sensations of your body. Paying attention to, like, who is right in front of you now 
not what happened the day before or that morning or not what's about to happen that evening, just stopping in the moment and noticing, you know, what, what exists right now, you know, um, like right now I'm in my office and I see this, I didn't really notice it until now, but I have this uh, window. Well, it's like a metal ridged thing in front of me. I have my, my light, I've got my walls, I've got my, my books and stuff here. And it's just like taking a moment and just like, okay, these are my surroundings. And it's very grounding to do this because you, um, you know, you're not off like your, your mind is like kind of the ethers, you know, it's not this, there's, <laughs> it's very energetic up in your mind, but then when you're grounded and present in this moment, time and space, then you're grounded in, in its reality you know? Yeah. It's like the mental world happens before reality, but this is reality right now. So like getting out of your head and into your space and feeling things, just like noticing like something could be, you might have a really bad headache and it may feel really painful and you may be really aggravated with it, but like let go of the emotion and let go of the, the judgment of, of pain and say, what is that sensation? It feels kind of like a pressure, feels kind of like um, somebody's poking my brain. I wonder what that means. I wonder why that's happening right now. Or I wonder, um, you know, I wonder where that came from. And just noticing, well, maybe it actually, maybe it feels kind of good. Maybe it feels kind of like a brain massage. (laughs) You know, like, um, so just, just really noticing. into that awareness. You said something about body. Mm-hmm. So this was something before I met you. I didn't really like acknowledge I had a physical body. I know that sounds weird, mm-hmm. but like I didn't actually like look down and go, oh, this is my hands. Mm-hmm. My, you know, it was, I really had to acknowledge that. Um, and what's interesting is right now as how you're describing the stuff in front of you. And so you were just sharing about being busy right? and I just had an, my own awareness right now that while I've been really focused on shifting my time busyness, mm-hmm. when you right now are just like, I'm going to look around this. I was like, yeah, I have clutter around me. I don't want to look around me. <laughs> And right. I just realized like, wow, like I'm holding this in my body. I'm literally sitting in the chair like this. Mm-hmm. I'm looking in this space right here because I don't want to look in this space. And so it's interesting. I didn't even realize that that was the same busyness in a way. Mm-hmm. That's the same ignoring the same, you know, right. it it's Wow, that's so funny how that just hit me right now. And it was yeah. all because you were looking at your window and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to look in this space. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. That's so funny. And think about, you know, how, what, I have a, a belief and a mantra that I hold where it's like, everything I need is right here, right now. So just looking around your space, it's like, oh my gosh, I this has been here for six months. I never noticed it for six months. And here I am becoming present and aware of my surroundings. And I see the thing that I've been looking for for the past six months, you know, when you do that in your body too, you know, you find like, Oh, there is, there's like this light, there's this faith that's inside of me that I've been looking for. And when I become present, when I come back into my body, when I come back into my personal space, feel it. Yeah. You know? But it's looking for it. Mm -hmm. Looking for it. Wow. And just becoming present to it. um, Yeah. So (laughs) I guess you could say presence is like the, just the awareness of like what's right, what's right in front of you and within you in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I think we just kind of demonstrated that to a couple of different examples um, to 
make that um, aware to our listeners. I got to clear my throat real quick. <coughs> I had a big moment of clearing. Awesome. <laughs> through that. <laughs> um, awesome. It's funny how you were saying like, there's something right here. Cause I had a laundry like basket over mm -hmm. in the corner and I've been having some, I've, I've gained some weight. And so there's some clothes that mm -hmm. most of my clothes don't fit. So I've kind of had this thing of like avoiding it. And so mm. there's a laundry hamper and it's like just been there, but it's stuff that I wouldn't really wear. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I made it an intentional effort just the other day. I was like, I'm going to clear that space right there. Mm -hmm. I want to yeah. allow things to come in with this new moon. So I'm going to clear it. And when I cleared the laundry basket, I found clothes that fit my five-year-old that literally yeah. probably won't fit her right now, but would yeah. have fit her the last six months <laughs> had so I not stuck that over there <laughs> just been gone into that autopilot, that mm -hmm. autopilot of, and it sounds like people can have different autopilots. So we've talked about busy autopilot. We've talked about, you know, closing our eyes, putting our head in the sand. Um, what are some other autopilots that can show up and, and lack of a better word, just self-sabotage either in our personal life or our business life? I would say doing the things that, that we are supposed to do, like doing what we're supposed to do versus what the right thing is to do. Because as you know, I, love planning. I'm a huge planner. And the funny thing about my planning is it's, I'm so methodical about it. I'll spend like literally half of the day planning my week and it never goes according to plan. And I always end up getting the stuff done, but it never goes in the order that I plan it out to go in. And it's because I, I'm more intuitive with my days and with my, with my like moment to moment planning. Um, but a lot of people feel married or attached to their plan. And it's like, I said that I would go for a run at six o'clock in the morning, even though this big red flag is right here. What's like, no, you actually need to do this thing over here. Like, like your kid has a stomach ache and, and she really needs you right now. And she just needs some love. But it's like, nope, my planner says that I have to go for a run at six o'clock. So it's like going on autopilot that way. Um, and what I see autopilot is as is not, not tuning into your intuition, you know, um, using too much of your logical brain and not enough of your intuitive brain, um, you know, to, to guide your day. And yeah. I think they're both equally important. You know, I, I, the logical brain, <laughs> how to use that. but. Um, being a little imbalanced more on the logical side and less on the intuitive side. As you're saying that, like I find, so like I'm in this period of transition, right? It's been like two and a half years mm -hmm. and I went from being a business analyst at work and being a chronic analyst all day, every day mm -hmm. in my life. I was going to figure everything out and have it all tied up in a bow and have all the backup plans, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm shifting into more balance in my personal life, but that corporate career still, it's hard. Like I notice I switch and I shut off that intuitive side, that authentic side, the piece of me that I'm intentionally being in my personal life. And it's like, it shuts off. And so right now I'm in this process of trying to marry those two mm. and show up as who I am to my work, to the world and to myself in this predefined corporate role that I've had. Yeah. And it's so hard. Um, I can, I can see this as a challenge for those people running businesses and, and even if they're really good with this personal stuff, maybe they're struggling on the business side, mm -hmm. or maybe they're really good on the business side and they're struggling on, the personal side or maybe as with me like as we grow that kind of like flip-flops back and forth where that struggle is and where that 
mindful intention and being present really needs needs to come in as a focus area. I think is what I'm getting to is it's like at work and maybe this is what, what you were trying to say this whole time, but it's just like, okay, it's connecting the dots is when we go into that business mode, we still have to trust. We still have to go into, I think this is the word you used at the beginning was truth. Mm-hmm. That, that space. So what is that? Someone the other day shared with me, cause I would, they were saying that there's a way to connect that intuitive side and the thinking side mm-hmm. and that you can cross your arms and your legs and like breathe and it like reset your mind and all this. So I share that cause that's like one way. And I never knew mm-hmm. that how that person shared that. So what is, what are other ways that people can be present, but be aware? What are I don't want to say task, right? Because, and I don't, I think that word is purposely coming up to ask this question, even though I know the answer is not related to task. In a sense, just to jump over that bridge, we have to think of it as a task in order for it to get on our to-do list, Mm -hmm. put it into action. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Well, it's interesting. You said the, the crossed um, legs and arms. It's funny because my legs are crossed and like my hands are like, I'm like, oh, that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, There are, I've heard people talk about like when you look up, that is supposed to trigger your intuition. And breathing can help you to tap into your intuition. Um, And those those are definitely um, good ways to do it. Um, also asking questions. Anytime you ask a question, it triggers your brain to want to give a response. So, so can, you, um, can you give me an example of that? Ask a question like of yourself or of someone yeah, else? Yeah. So, okay. Say somebody wants to decide, um, you know, should I col- start a collaboration with this other person? You know, they've got something, they've got this, this beautiful gift that I'm kind of lacking. And then I've got this beautiful gift that they're kind of lacking. It'd be a great collaboration. And so that kind of a decision is, can be kind of tricky because it can either be an amazing, beautiful situation, or it can be a disaster. Yeah. And so you want to, you know, you can look at the facts, you can look at the logic, but then there's this whole other area that you can't explain. You can't, put onto paper, right? And so to tap into that other area, that feeling, that gut feeling, um, you can ask some questions and you can ask, like, how do I feel about this? I mean, that seems so obvious and so simple, but by just by asking, how do I feel about this? It's going, you're going to automatically come up with some things. Um, does this feel safe? Does this feel, um, does this feel smart? Is there any, are there any red flags? Um, do they really, are they for real? Are they real? Are they authentic? Stuff like that. Um, and so when you ask those questions, it naturally draws a response and the more that you start meditating and doing energy work, and um, I teach a, a system of, it's kind of like muscle testing where you can tap directly into your subconscious to re- retrieve answers. Like your subconscious knows everything, right? That's like your intuition and it knows everything. So there's this way of tap, like directly tapping into that and, and retrieving answers. So those things work really well too. And the more that you do stuff like that, the more automatic you will think of the right questions to ask, the easier it will be to answer those questions and the easier it will be to recognize that feeling, that gut feeling, which is not fear. It's always going to lead you in the direction of empowerment and out of your comfort zone. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, for but, sure, right? <laughs> yeah, so the, the more that you can tap into your higher self, tap into your subconscious and, and do that consistently, the more automatic that process becomes so that you don't have to question it. And it's just like very obvious because at first, I don't know if you can relate to this, honey, but before you start doing this, it just feels like, I mean, I don't remember ever feeling guidance, you know, before I, I knew how to like, just tune into myself and, and, and open my awareness. It all just felt like my thoughts. It all just felt like emotions. And that was it. But there's yeah. something else there and everybody has it. There's this, this higher level knowingness about things um, that when you start, when you start um, opening up your awareness, then you can get access to that and you can do it really easily and really quickly. Yeah, I remember... Um, I, I learned all this through you, through, through your program. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. Like, like, oh my gosh, when I think about the effects on my family and the future generations and all that, it's just priceless, right? Like there's, yeah. it's worth, and, and I'm going to say this and people might not understand this. It's worth every investment of time that I gave myself to do it and still live by those practices. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. To be able yeah. to finally trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said that I realized that I had that gut response. And you know what I realized is that I always heard it right away. It was very quiet. It was just a quiet feeling of, and what would happen is, is I would dismiss it. And then later on when things would go awry, I'd be like, I knew that. Mm-hmm. I knew that. Um, and one thing, um, Sarah, I don't know if you know this, but I have shared this with, with many clients, probably every client, mm-hmm. which is how do you know if it's your intuition or not? And you told me it's the loving voice. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the loving voice. And I still, I'll put one hand on my heart one hand on my belly, close my eyes, take a deep breath, connect. And I'm like, is this loving? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not. And that's how I'm literally like, okay, yeah. that's like, that's my negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. And maybe I need to go do some work through this and, and right. do some things. But, but I never even realized that it was like, it's loving. Even when it's like, hey, this is dangerous and you need to go. Like, it's not going to talk bad to you to get like, you know, right. negative and, and it's like literally going to give you that caution with love. Yeah. And that, that brings up a huge point to, to bring this back around to your topic of mommy's soft voice. As parents, we like represent God to our kids, God, spirit, universe, whatever. We represent that to our kids as they start to navigate the world. We're like the, the stand-in, you know what I mean? We're like the stand-in. We are the people who teach kids this is the way that the world works. You are unconditionally loved, right? And that's what uh, spirit or whatever God is supposed to be, unconditional love. So we are here, this is supposed to be our role to demonstrate that so that they grew up with the understanding that I'm unconditionally loved. And when, um, you know, when we use that loving voice with our children, there's like a resonance there that like, that's okay. But I listen to the loving voice, you know, and that can teach them to listen to their intuition. If they're used to always hearing the like angry, mean voice, then that's what they're going to get used to listening to in their head. That's the voice, whatever voice they hear from their parents is the voice that they're going to hear in their head for, you know, until they learn something different. Um, So what a gift when we can be that loving voice to our children and they get comfortable with that. Talking about like confessions that people have. um, 
most of the people that I work with, it really all comes down to trauma. And they unfortunately are more comfortable with discomfort than they are with comfort. They're more comfortable with chaos than they are with normalcy. <laughs> you know what ah, I mean? Yeah. This because, just came up in one of the other episodes where someone had told me, I was probably like, I don't know, maybe like two months into the program. So I was probably on level two dealing with all the emotional stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And someone told me when I was talking to them, they're like, I think you like it. I think you like mm -hmm. the pain and misery. And I literally was like, like it, I was like insulted for a split second, mm -hmm. but then I was like, Nope, I'm in a space where I'm trying to be open and hear this. And I'm like, I believe I need to hear this right now. And yeah. that, and that was a hard pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's so it's, it, people get it. They're like, oh. yeah, I, well, I was able for me, I was able because at that point I was so sensitive and aware of what was going on in my body. Mm -hmm. I was able to recognize what that felt like. And and kind of, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, but it might happen is disgustingly. I was like, there was like a positive feeling and you know what I mean? It was mm -hmm. like, that's how I, it was sick. I don't know. It was when I felt it inside, I was like, Oh, what is mm -hmm. this inside of me? Um, and that being aware of that, setting that attention, setting the intention to be aware of that when it was coming up later. So like mm -hmm. in those autopilot moments, right. you know, setting that intention to be reminded of, Hey, this is that moment coming mm -hmm. up. This is that thing that you don't want to do anymore. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. See the, the awareness is so powerful because then you can actually do something about it. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Well, Sarah, oh my gosh, this has <laughs> been awesome connecting with you. It's been really cool. Um, yeah, is there really anything fun. that you feel like you wanted to share today that hasn't come up? You know, the biggest thing, this is like my, my um, biggest theme that I'm working with right now with people is there is this movement in the personal development and spiritual world to that all you have to do, like use law of attraction to and think positive, say your affirmations, and do visualization. That's all you have to do. And that will like trigger this law of attraction thing to happen. And you will have the life you want. And it's like, you may, that that's going to help you to manifest cars, to manifest more money, to manifest all kinds of things. But it's not going to be the life you want until you yeah. start looking at what's behind, like, like if you have these negative thoughts that keep coming up, what are those, you know? So that's, um, that's the biggest thing that I'm working with right now is, is, is helping to bring awareness to that. But like, you know, don't be afraid of negativity because it's not going to ruin your life. It's, it's going to bring you on a journey forward and upward into something so much better than just manifesting things. Yeah. Feeling, feeling the negative stuff, acknowledging it and mm -hmm. then praying for those miracles and doing the work for, mm -hmm. to, to help move past those things. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. not just, I think for me, the difference of, cause I was in that space Sarah before of, mm -hmm. okay. And, and it's funny cause I just taught a workshop on Friday night and the slide said, is my manifester broken? <laughs> yeah. right? Like literally I was like, is my manifesto broken? Cause like I want this and I want that and I want these things, but I'm not understanding why when I get the things that I want, why I'm not, still not happy. Mm -hmm. And then these other things, like I really think I should achieve this and I think I'm believing it, but it's not coming to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I thought that I was broken. I thought there was something wrong with me because I was doing mindset. I was doing all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and my life was falling apart worse and worse and worse mm -hmm. by the day, literally. Um, so one of the things that I actually taught in that workshop that I learned from you was the five phases of healing. Mm -hmm. And so that first, um, what is it? Clearing, 
um, like regenerating, rejuvenating, and then um, self-healing, family healing. And then the fourth going into past um, lifetime healing. And that fifth, so we got to get all the way yeah. to the fifth to be manifesting in alignment with your highest self. That doesn't mean yeah. you're not manifesting before then. But in order to be manifesting in alignment with your highest self, that one, two, three, four phase, it doesn't just say, you didn't teach me, mm -hmm. hey, honey, just go say all these good things about yourself. Like, right, exactly. It was setting an alarm clock, mm -hmm. getting up. You know, at first I was getting up 20 minutes early because you told me, hey, 20 minutes of, of working on yourself is an hour. And I'm like, okay, I'll do the 20. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, well, wait a minute. I got a lot of work to do mm -hmm. <laughs> and I like the results I'm seeing. And so I ended up setting my alarm for an hour, sometimes two yeah. hours. Um, and you know, we can come up with so many excuses. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the other part of awareness is listening to that, ex the excuses. Mm -hmm. Um, I had one bathroom and my place to do my self care was in the bathtub <laughs> and yeah. my household started getting up at 5 a.m. So you know what I did? I got up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever I needed to do to get in that bathroom before them. And you know what ended up happening is on the days I didn't, they didn't know whether I got in there or not by me seeing me physically go in and out. But they would see the way I was showing up. Oh, right. Yeah. And they would ask me, hey, mom, did you do your bathtub thing today? <laughs> do you want to go do that now? That's awesome. Um, so... Those, those kids that when I called you so desperate, so I, I thought I was stuck with the life I created. I thought I was stuck the rest of my life with that, with the hurt, with the rage, with all that stuff. And when I reached out to you, the son that I was literally screaming at to get out of my life. And I was reliving, holding my younger child in my arm, yelling at him, just like it was when he was in my arms and it was me and his father. Oh, wow. And we were in such a space where it's like, now he's a young adult. And this could have been that point where he could have been like, hey, mom, I'm done. I'm out of here. Right. And I would have been like, and it's all your fault. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And we would have been on, con, you know, content, contentious ground. And it, of course, would have been nothing to do with me. But by going through this, that same son, literally, we just talked about this. And I actually share it on, on one of the episodes um, after he, he shared it with me that night. Is he's like, you're a 180. You're a 180. I'm not a perfect mom. I'm not a perfect person. But as far as being able to own my stuff, yeah. own the bullshit. Um, I think it allowed me to, cause what I was showing up with is my kids is my story. Oh, well I do this because of this, or I went through this trauma and I had this, this done and I've had this whole laundry list of crap. And therefore I, and, and this, oh, I'm going to say this, and this is <laughs> mama honey's confession is I can treat you like shit because I've been through shit. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? Like that that badge, right? Mm -hmm. And now being in a space of then going to my kids and saying, you know what? I realize I wasn't who you needed me to be. No matter what the reason, I wasn't who you needed me to be. And it wasn't because I didn't want to. It was because I was who I could be in those moments. Right. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I wasn't who you needed me to be, but let's work on that now. Yeah. And I have done that with each of my kids over probably the last year now. So it took me a while to get there. It took me yeah, about yeah. a year and a half of, of living this all the time before I even realized oh, maybe mm -hmm. I have an apology to extend here. And I've actually had people in my life be like, why on earth would you apologize for any, mm -hmm. like you did your best and all this stuff. And I'm just like, it's not, it, it is for me too, but it's for them. Mm -hmm. 
And then where that generational healing coming is coming in is like then realizing, well, wait a second, how do I then need to feel towards my own parents? How do I then need to, to look at that? So, um, I thank you for showing up. Like, I'm, I'm like, ah, I tell people all the time, like show up. You never know who you're helping. Yeah. And by you showing up, you literally inspire me. There's so many times and there's times I ghost myself. I still do. But there's so many times that I show up because you showed up. And I don't know if you know that and you know how many people literally probably on a daily basis are affected by you, but just thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Um, I, I feel I have the same thing. You know, there are certain people that show up and it's like, you know, that inspires me to show up. So we're all connected and I'm so glad that, you know, I was able to have that impact. Yeah. And I, and the people listening here um, to each and every single person has the ability to make that impact and it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a choice in that moment, when you get that nudge, that little, that, that blip of intuition that we're talking about of, of what is the choice of the action behind that? You know, when I, I see people um, who have, you know, really achieved a lot in their lives, I don't see them any different from anybody else. And when I look at any of my clients or my students or just people on the street, I see that in them. And I can like transmute that one face to the other. And it's like, you can just see there's so much potential there if that's their calling. You know, it's like there's no, there's no reason to play small. No reason to play small. Yeah. We can play big every moment of our day, and it's not going to burn us out. It's not going – it's going to energize it energizes us to play big. Playing big doesn't mean burning us out. It doesn't mean working 20 hours a day. It just means stepping out every day, stepping out a little more and every day um, showing up. Yeah. Stepping out of that comfort zone. I think that really, because it's like, even the last two and a half years, like me personally, I'm like, okay, I've been getting comfortable with some of these things. And I feel like, and then as when you said that out of your comfort zone, I'm like, oh, I got to go that big, like that kind of big. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, because doing what you're really good at more or in a bigger space isn't necessarily going bigger. I feel like as you say that, I'm kind of hiding behind those comfortable spaces. And I wonder how many other people are hiding in that space of comfort? I just want to say one last thing here. Um, I found myself getting a little bit comfortable too. And I'm like, what am I doing hiding behind this, this digital marketing, social media um, aspect when there are real people, not that, not that we're not all real, but like there are people out there who I can make such a bigger impact um, with. And so what I started doing with networking is I started booking flights to go visit people in person. And instead of like, Hey, let's get on a call or let's like chat over, you know, direct message. I started booking call uh, booking flights to go visit people. And it's like, taking the impact from a 10 to a million. <laughs> it's like so wow. many opportunities have showed up and it was scary at first, you know, and now I'm like, wow, this is really fun. I'm going to, you know, try to do this like once a month, but the opportunities that have showed up for me from doing that, from stepping out of my comfort zone, you know, it's, it's a big investment of time just to go visit somebody, just to like make a connection. It's a big investment of money. You know, it's, it's just overall, um, you know, big investment, 
And it's, if you do it with the right people, it pays back like a thousand fold. But the point of, of telling that um, story is that, that, you know, I was on a daily basis, just, just interacting with people online and sometimes on the phone, sometimes like on video. And I was like, what if I were really went all in and what if I was really all in on this and played really big? What would happen? It's like, well, book a call to go visit them. There's definitely magic that happens when you go on a journey like that and you, you always come back a different person. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's like we can sit here, um, you know, behind our computers or whatever, um, or we can get out into the world where people are just craving that connection. They're craving it. And like to hug somebody, to look somebody in the eyes and like smile at somebody um, with the flesh, like in the flesh and, and hear their voice without the speakers, you know, right. like you, can't, <laughs> you can't replace that. And there's something just so special about that when, and I'm not saying, um, you know, I don't do that with everybody, but like, if there's somebody who I feel like, um, is a really important per, um, aspect to my mission, then I'm going to make, you know, make that investment into that mission and direct myself there. Yeah. Yeah. So Awesome. So Sarah, you talked about a program that you have. What are, what are ways that people can find you um, to find out more about your offerings and how you provide your services? Um, so people can find me on Facebook. Uh, Sarah Christine Nolan is my personal Facebook page. I also have a group which I put um, every month. It's the last Friday of every month. I do complimentary transformational sessions with people. And these are really powerful. Like people get instant results um, in their design for business owners, you know, people who have that like high pressure lifestyle. Um, so come into the group do that once a month and then I also have um the recharge program which is similar to Miracle 90 but it's actually like kind of the next level from Miracle 90 and it's designed I I made it specifically for business owners um so those so you can reach out to me on Facebook and join the group and then you can get tapped into all the goodies awesome that Perfect. And Sarah's on my, my friends list too. So you can definitely find her through my Facebook as well. So awesome. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You, Thank you for trusting the journey of this, of this <laughs> call. Um, because yeah. I feel like what exactly needed to happen did and exactly. Um, yeah. It was very cool. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Awesome.